0: Good morning. This is Chad and Larry Jordan with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Good morning.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's a wonderful day today. It's going to be beautiful weather today all the way through Tuesday is what I hear. So I'm excited to see sunshine for a few days, Chad.
0: I know, and it is uh, it is Friday, and I know uh, Monday, not working on Monday, throws some folks off, but it is, I promise, it's Friday.
1: Yeah, And I keep thinking yesterday was Friday for some reason. I don't know why.
0: Right. And I meant to mention this last week. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I was listening to the show on the way in and Kevin was talking about a calendar. He may be planning for the show here and he was going to add you on one of the months as one of the uh, featured people for one month. I don't know which month, but I think you should have a summer month with your shirt off or something.
1: With a baseball bat in my hand
0: or <laughs> something, yeah, that'd be gut, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, you know we'll have to get Kevin, uh, you know, give him some more details, give him some ideas maybe on on what you could do, maybe at the beach or something. Yeah, that'll be yeah, yeah. a beach shot or one of my workout days. Or <laughs> right. Of so this will be great. So we'll we'll have to uh, get some more details on that but uh today we are going to be speaking about real estate we are the palmetto real estate pros and if you are interested you could certainly go to our website palmetto um our podcasts are uploaded there our sponsors are there uh please take a chance uh look at it and um also we are um we're looking for a few more sponsors we're talking to some folks right now so hopefully we'll have some new folks coming in pretty soon yeah and uh Chad, tell
1: them how they can call us today on the air as we talk about some things that uh, maybe everybody's not familiar with how the process works in South
0: Carolina. Well, the phone number here is 803-799-TALK. And uh, if you have some questions or have some comments, you can certainly do that. What we're going to talk about today is what happens when someone who owns a home misses payments. What, What happens, the foreclosure process?
1: And in one case that we know of, nothing.
0: That's right. (laughs) So you'll tell about that later. So, and actually, before we got too deep into this, I don't know if Dawn is out there listening and aching somewhere, but I saw an email this week that came from the uh, South Carolina Realtors Association. We get a weekly update. And on this update uh, was a wonderful picture of Dawn, our wonderful agent. And it says, vote for Dawn. Uh, NAR, which is National Association of Realtors, Good Neighbor Award. Now, folks out there listening, unless you're a realtor, you can't vote for Dawn because these are realtors that vote for other realtors. But this is, uh, she mentioned this last week, such a good honor. Uh, it says, NAR honors Realtor from Aiken as 2021 Good Neighbor Award finalist. The National Association of Realtors has selected Dawn M. Adams, a realtor from Aiken, South Carolina, among 10 finalists. For its 2021 Good Neighbor Award program, and so these are for folks who've made significant, tangible volunteer contributions to their communities to improve the lives of neighbors in need. And so remember, her um, her charity is abolish slavery, which works on uh, you know trafficking and and uh, all these things that people don't think about happens, but it's happening everywhere. So right. what a great what a great privilege. Yeah.
1: And she's been a great agent for us. That's right.
0: So, Dawn, if you're listening, kudos to you, and um, we'll make sure we vote anyway.
1: Yeah, We'll get two votes to you. maybe Two
0: votes, at least, and I'll put out something let our other agents know about that. So, yes. a lot of good, good word there. So, we're talking about foreclosure. What a great topic, right? Who wants to talk about foreclosure?
1: Oh, everybody does. I mean, it's just on the tip of everybody's tongue every day, but really and truly, we should – we should understand what the process is. And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit.
0: Yep. So basically there's, when you're renting a property, you don't own the property. And so the law says that everyone who is in a property has a bundle of rights, even a tenant. When, if I own a property and I rent to someone, I'm giving them rights as a a resident in that property. The difference is their rights end when the lease ends. Um. So sometimes. It, it, right. Um. So but their rights in and, and we can set up, you know, things that, you know, have violations of the terms of the lease. So we can evict for that. We can evict uh, if they don't leave when the lease ends. We can evict when they don't pay their payments. That process here in South Carolina um, or in our area anyway is is pretty fast. I mean, if so on an eviction, if someone missed paying payments you could technically if you set your lease up correctly within 5 days file an eviction after non payment. Correct. And so once you file the eviction, the uh the tenant has 10 days to what they call to vacate or show cause, which means you call the court and ask for a hearing. So that may you you're probably looking at 30, 45 days to get someone out of a house who's not paying you if they're renting. Now, that's completely different if you own a house you've bought a house and you've got a mortgage on the house
1: now what what is a mortgage
0: well a mortgage is a um a lien on a property um a um and it's done with a couple different instruments the mortgage and then you have a promissory note where you promise to pay and then the mortgage is what's filed at the courthouse um you know the terms of that that uh loan
1: so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, how that process works, how long it may take for the bank to take a property back, uh, the difference between South Carolina and some other states in the country. Do they all work the same?
0: Right. And um, we are going to discuss those things. I think your mic is dropping a little bit, so we'll fix that or try to. We've got an amazing producer. Um, there is a, a fury of activity in here right now, but we're fixing it. How's right. that? Say hello. Is that a little bit better? sounds better. So, uh, that's awesome. So yeah, there's a, there is a difference in, in the process in from state to state, depending on what kind of state that you live in. Is it a foreclosure state where they have, you have liens or the bank holds the title. And we'll kind of talk about that because when you get a car, like for instance, in South Carolina, the bank has the title to your car and you get the title back when you pay off the lien. So really, if you've
1: got a title, At the bank, you don't own the car.
0: Right. So it's different here in South Carolina, though. We get the deed, and the bank has a lien. So they have to foreclose on the property to get the title.
1: So you own the property, but you don't
0: own your car. Well, I guess technically. You kind (laughs) of own it. I mean, you still pay taxes, though, don't you? Yeah. I guess you never really own anything. (laughs) Uh, We kind of rent it from the government, in a sense.
1: Don't pay your taxes on your house.
0: And find out who owns it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So... Um, those are some of the things we're going to talk about, and it's 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 not a fast process by any means. So if you missed paying your payment for September, and maybe we'll talk about this, how long before the bank can actually foreclose on that property and then sell the property uh, at the courthouse steps. And what the process is. And what the process is. And Very so, good. Um, right. so, so we're going
1: to be talking about that most of the show today, and somebody's got a question about it they could call in and chad you're an expert you can answer it for them
0: well and if you've ever been through the process you know maybe you can add something to it but it's a it is a process and we've helped a lot of folks with their houses um you know get out of that process uh, catch up the the loan and reinstate the loan and um unfortunately there's some people that you know we were unable to help because of just the property or or the person or, or whatever but it's possible to get out of it. It's just uh, you, you want to be in contact with the bank and with someone as soon as possible.
1: Right. And if somebody's listening today and having a time with that, they should be calling us and giving us a chat a little bit, and we can help set them up for an appointment. That's
0: right. So even if you don't feel comfortable calling on the radio, certainly you can call us after hours, check yes. in with us another Correct. way. So Correct. hang in after the break. We'll talk about this some more. See you on the other side of it. Chad Jordan with the Palmetto Real Estate Group.
1: And I'm here keeping me awake. This is Larry Jordan.
0: And we are the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Pros. Make sure you check out our website, palmettorealestatepros.com. And uh, I believe we have Erica on the line. Are you there, Erica? I'm here. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? All right. Did you know it's Friday? Thanks, the good Lord above. <laughs> no,
2: for sure. No. For- for a short week, this one was fast. This was it was furious.
0: I know. I felt the same way. I came in uh, Tuesday and uh, I kept thinking it was Monday all day, and so uh, you know because you're catching up from the one day that uh-huh. you missed all week. Yeah,
1: it has been. It's yeah. Been if I case, tell people, been crazy this Sorry. week, but I wanted to just I, we didn't say this, Chad, but as a reminder, this is nine eleven.
0: Tomorrow is. is. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: it's the celebrations and everything going around Columbia, the remembrance and all those things. So, uh, I would I would tell everyone take part. Step step aside a moment, say a prayer for those families, and remember that there some people lost their lives, and a lot of people went to war about this thing. So, Mm -hmm. let's remember them too this time. I'm sorry, Eric. I'll let you. No.
2: No, that is definitely worth commenting on. And, uh, I always have a hard time when, when September 11th comes around because, I mean, I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. Um, and it's just, it's always a really sad day. So I'm sure we will all be, contemplative tomorrow about, about that. And it's been 20 years. Yes. Uh, it's,
0: it's incredible to think it's been 20 years. So, um, kind of moving back on to real estate and, you know, in mortgages and so so forth, how is the industry that you're seeing right now? Are you seeing uh, more the same? Uh, Tell us what your kind of experience on your end of of the spectrum.
2: Well, actually this week it picked up a lot. Um, And and that's very common, actually, what we see with cyclical real estate, uh, just uh, numbers. Is usually around August, uh, things slow down because people are preparing for kids to get back to school and they want to get acclimated to that. And then usually right after Labor Day, it just kind of picks up. However, I did hear, which means I people usually call me to purchase or refinance. We've had, I think, 19 apps this week. That's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot in one week. Um, but I also heard a realtor tell me that no new homes were listed on the MLS over Labor Day weekend.
0: Wow, that's that incredible. incredible. Yep. And um I I saw a report. Now, the reports we get from Realtor's Association and things, they're kind of they're lagging a bit, but they had mentioned that there was a 5.1% increase in new listings. But at the same time, that's like way down from a year ago. Um so we're still nowhere near we need where we need to be. So we need more properties on the market for sure. It's it's a very challenging thing and you know that firsthand, just like we do, when people are looking for houses.
2: And it's it's one of those things. I think a lot of people, even when you talk to people about the prospect of listing, their biggest concern is I have nowhere to go. But if everybody who would be willing to list their house and move would all list their homes, it would it would resolve some of the issue. Um, but everybody just does not doing anything. It, it just kind of perpetuates this cycle where we have just a a huge shortage of inventory.
0: All right, so that's such such a simple point. If you would put your house on the market, um it would help everybody. <laughs> so it would it would help, you know, if everybody would just hey, if you're thinking about it, call somebody and let's get the houses on the market. We need more desperately.
2: and and, and it's still a sellers market. You're going to probably get more money than you ever would at any time selling your home. And so you have more going into the purchase of a new home. I, I tell people all the time, please don't wait. Don't wait to see what happens. It, very rarely does waiting in real estate work out in your benefit um, because I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't think Chad and Larry do either. We don't know how long we are going to have this shortage of inventory and where it's going to be a true seller's market. We don't know how long that's going to last. And You should probably uh, get as much out of your house as you can, and right now is the time to do it. You have more buyers that are willing to give up more than they ever have before. Chad and I experienced a shocking um, detail with that this week. We were just shocked that a buyer was willing to do something that in any other market would never happen Mm -hmm. because she needs somewhere to live. Right and then. so as a seller, I think you have a huge advantage right now, and you need to call Chad and Larry and get your houses listed.
0: That's right. We need to put them on the market, and we if you're a buyer, call us, and we can uh, work together with Erica to help you get a house. Um, and we'll work to do what we have to do. If we have to turn over rocks and stones, and we've actually talked to people who weren't even selling their properties and asked them, hey, would you be willing to sell? It's happening more and more. And, and occasionally we'll find folks who said, you know, I, I would sell if you gave me the right number. And so if you're a buyer out there kind of on the fence thinking there's just no way, call us anyways. It doesn't cost anything to see where you're at. And um, Erica usually doesn't pull people's credit just because they call and ask questions. That's something we do when we we get a little further down the road and we know you're serious and ready to uh, start looking in earnest for a property.
2: That's right.
0: Yep. So Erica, what are the rates right now? I know there was a, uh, earlier this week I had a, previous client call me and say, you know, they were thinking about refinancing a rental property and possibly their home. And, uh, they asked me, you know, about the rental property. Can they do that? And I said, well, sure you can do that. It's still your property. Um, and I said, well, who were you, who you looking at? And they were lo- using one of the, uh, online folks. And I tried to send them your way, uh, because just like we talk about, you know, pretty consistently, it's always better if you're using a local person that you can pick up the phone and talk to.
2: So it's always better to
0: Exactly. So by the way, did they contact you?
2: I did contact them. Good. I got everything and I'm just waiting to hear kind of what they decide to do. But for them, there's huge advantages on the, on the investment side. Not only can they, well, actually their primary and their investment property, not only can they drastically lower the rate, they can also lower their term.
0: Right. And I think one so, of, one of their loans was at like five and a quarter or something. It was, I was a little surprised. It may have been higher than that, but I said, Oh gosh, yes. Refinance. It's, it's uh, so worth it at this point.
2: And people are, you know, I think people are confused. They assume that if they're in a 30 year and they refinance, they have to go back to a 30 year. You don't, you can go to a 25, you can go to a 20. All
0: right, there's tons of to flexibility. 15.
2: Pick That's your right. number. There's <laughs> flexibility. Yes. And we can look at what that means for you. I tell people, If if going back to a 30-year term is going to significantly improve your quality of life with cash flow, where you can take that and build wealth for your family, then we should look at that. But most of the time, I'm a huge advocate for cutting rate and term, going to a 20-year instead of back to a 30.
0: That's a great idea. So erica we appreciate it and folks if you want to get in touch with erica contact us go to our website you can contact erica directly uh make sure you go to palmetto you can click on the link right on our site there and uh, she will help you get set up whether you're in the market for sure whether you're thinking about it um it's worth the phone call and again even refinance that's right it doesn't cost anything
1: right now to to cut your terms and cut the amount that's coming out of your pocket and put some aside.
0: Well, Erica, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of the Friday.
2: Thank you. You too. Bye guys.
0: Thank you guys. Thank you, Erica. All right. So Erica is the one that helps people get financing. And what we were talking about is what happens when you get financing and then you can't abide by whatever you signed
1: for whatever reason.
0: Right. And so remember when you sign a mortgage and a promissory note, you are promising to pay back whatever it is you put your your name on there. Um, and you know, folks that are renting who think, "Well, I'm glad I don't have a mortgage." Well, think of the difference, though. And if you're renting, you're paying seven, eight, twelve hundred dollars a month. And what do you have to show for it at the end of? So let's say you've you've rented for five years, and so it's a thousand dollars a month. Let's make it easy because I'm not good at math. Right. I got the engineer here who can help us, but
1: that would be 60,000. So
0: five years out of 1000 that assumes the rent never goes up. Yeah. And, you know, in five years it will, but let's just say it doesn't. So you've spent 60 grand and what do you have to show for it? What stack of receipts, right? How many, how much equity do you have? Zero. How much net worth do you have? Zero. Now the, what you do have is you've had a place to live, which is, that's something you've had shelter, right? But on the other side of that, let's just say that you've signed a note and a mortgage and you decided to finally go ahead and buy something and you miss a payment. So what's interesting right now is the market that we're in because of the coronavirus and and the things, the pandemic, uh, there's been moratoriums on many foreclosures and things. So um, now the moratorium was actually on rentals. It wasn't really on. um, it, It wasn't on foreclosures. That's correct. but the courts were so backed up and not in session that in effect there's been a moratorium on evict or, or foreclosures
1: yeah, and if you probably followed the process the bank would probably work with you as an owner of that property and your mortgage to set it back a little bit because they don't want the house they just eventually want the payment
0: well and, and uh, i found this information which is it's not great news, but um, I guess it is what it is. Uh, a recent analysis of the credit reporting agency Experian found that South Carolina has the seventh highest foreclosure rate of any state in the country. So, um, so these are national banks, mortgage service providers operating in South Carolina that's reported this information. And, and so, if you miss a payment, here's what happens: if you miss a payment, you're you're in what you would, they would call default. Then the first payment you miss, they're going to start sending you lots of letters. They're going to try to call you, and I've had. There's one. Um, we we have lots of mortgage companies we work with, and that we've we've have houses with, and some of them will call you if you miss like by three or four days. Some of them are tight, yeah. <laughs> they'll call you like immediately.
1: Yeah, fifteen days is that's a long time for them. Right. They so normally
0: you miss a payment, days. and the it doesn't report on your credit. Something other. The interesting note is that. Unless it's 30 days behind, it doesn't report as a negative on your credit. So if you pay the payment and you're 27 days late, it's not going to report on your credit if you get it in before it's that 30 days. Correct. So it's still going to show up. They're going to know you're late, but it's not going to show on your credit. But you want to make sure you pay your payments if you can. But so it would go in default. You miss a payment. Then you miss the second payment. You're still in default. And uh, what we'll talk about when we come back is when do they foreclose? When does a bank foreclose? Because when you miss one payment, does not mean they foreclose.
1: That's correct. So
0: we'll... it, it means they're going to try to get the money from you without foreclosing.
1: Now they don't want to spend money either. All right. So
0: it costs the bank a lot of money to foreclose because they're going to get attorneys and all these other things. So um, we'll discuss that as we come back on the other side. All right.
1: I'm Larry, and Chad is sitting over here, and we're discussing the process of foreclosure today a little bit.
0: And we were just getting into what happens when someone misses a payment. How many payments? It's almost like a uh, a quiz, right? How many payments must be missed before foreclosure is filed? Um, what's that commercial with the Tootsie Roll inside? How many uh, licks does it take to get to the tootsie roll inside <laughs> yeah. well how many payments do you need to miss before the bank forecloses well i think that depends Chad. and it does depend what does it depend on it depends on the bank yes and it depends on the situation it depends on the world we're living in um, because right now they're probably not going to foreclose as quickly as they would otherwise now let's just pretend you've missed a payment you've missed two payments you've missed three payments You've missed four payments. Now, after about the third payment, the fourth payment, in many cases, the bank will begin the foreclosure process. They will file what's called a list pendings, which L-E-S. is L-I-S. L-I-S. Pending. And it basically just stands for notice uh, there's a lawsuit pending. Yes. Um, I think it's uh, Latin or something like this. I don't know. No uh, words. Uh, you <laughs> so, pay payment. Yes. It's just there's a lawsuit <laughs> pending. And so when they file the list pendings, it means their intent is now to foreclose on that property. Um, the bad news is when that happens, they typically will not take your payment any longer unless you pay the pay it in full. And so if, let's just say you're four payments behind at $1,000 a month, that's $4,000 in payments that you've missed, but there's going to be late fees. There's going to be, other fees on there well, let's just say yeah so it's it's gonna be you know forty maybe forty five hundred five thousand dollars now if just in the late fees so and then or just in the late fees and the missed payments now if they file for the eviction or the uh foreclosure you're probably looking at another two to four twenty five hundred dollars on that so you're four thousand dollars now it might be six six thousand and seventy five hundred dollars that's why what you should do if you miss payments and you start missing, call the bank. Right away. Right away. Tell them I'm having difficulties. There are programs out there. Now, let's let's uh, make sure we mention something. I'm not an attorney. I've never been one. I don't want to be one. I, I don't think I want to be one. So call someone who has the expertise. I mean, certainly you can call us and we can direct you to someone. But you want to call that, that lender right away and let them know what's going on. The worst thing you can do is put your head in the sand and pretend that nothing is wrong and just wait. Because the bank, if they don't hear from you, the only choice they're going to have is, I guess they're not there. We need to foreclose because we can't get in touch with the homeowner. They're not contacting us. and um, you know We've been to houses before where people are behind on their, their house payments. And usually what happens when you're behind on your house payment, you're behind on not just your house payment. That's correct. I mean, you're, you're behind on other stuff. And so something's happened. And, and it's unfortunate, but we've been in people's houses before where they have, I mean, like stacks, whole tablefuls we've seen of unopened mail because they don't want to look at it. they just like, I'm not looking at it. I'm pretending it doesn't exist. I get mail. I get bills. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it on my, my chair or my table and pretend it doesn't exist. That is not the right move because the bank will have to move forward with the eviction process or the foreclosure process, I should say.
1: Yes.
0: And so you're three, three, four months, usually sometimes longer. Now we had a house, um, in 2000, I think it was 2008 that someone had contacted us about and, um, it had been three years and the bank had not filed for foreclosure. No payments in three years. So think about this. 36 months, they had, the bank has not even filed for foreclosure yet. Not even a list pendings. So, But that's a challenge like when someone calls us and says, hey, you know, I bought my house three years ago, and I haven't paid payments um, in, in one year yeah. because you don't have no equity. Because now you not only have whatever equity you thought you had has been eaten up with fees now. And so sometimes we can negotiate that and get it lower. Sometimes we can't. It depends on the bank. It depends on who we're dealing with.
1: And uh, where the bank situation is in the time, that, like in a pandemic, they'll probably work with you a little bit more than they would
0: right. in and a one, strong market. That's right. And one of the things we used to tell folks in the normal market is, look, when, when something's going on, tell the bank what's going on. Write them. It's called a hardship letter. Write the bank a letter. Put it on paper is better than just calling them. Although they'll probably record what you say. They'll usually tell you, hey, we're going to be recording this call. Of course. But putting it on paper is better. And they do hear what you're saying. If you say, look, one guy we were dealing with uh, earlier this year had cancer. His house was sinking, had a serious foundation problem. And so he wasn't making the payments because he had more pressing issues like dying of cancer and so the bank when we told them you know they wanted to work with us I mean I, I think the house was so bad we couldn't do anything but the bank does not want to take your house back
1: no that's the last thing they want uh, they they really just want the money that is owed them and they'll work around uh, Chad we've had where they've taken a payment and a half for a while to catch your loan back up
0: right and if it's already sent to the attorney for the foreclosure to start they'll have to work through the attorney and so you may have to talk to the attorney sometimes you'll have to talk to the bank sometimes it's both sometimes you get the runaround. we've dealt with this a lot where they say uh, the bank will say well talk to the attorney they're handling this now we call the attorney they say well you need to talk to the bank we can't answer that question and so you end up in a rabbit hole correct
1: but they but the in the end they really do want to just catch the loan up if they can, before they go through the entire foreclosure.
0: And so the, the thing with our state, I guess that's good news, bad news. Um, I guess it's depends on your perspective, but we're a judicial state, meaning that the mortgage company has to go through a judicial process to foreclose. So there has to be a court. Uh, they can't just take the property back just because you didn't pay. Um, and so, um, the mortgage lenders in South Carolina don't have what they call a power of sale, which they do in some states where it's uh, they hold the deed because they don't have the deed. They have the title. Or well, they, they don't have the title. They don't well, have the deed. They basically, have they lien. sue for deed. Right. So a creditor can't foreclose on a property by itself. The law requires that mortgage lenders take the borrower to court, through a lawsuit, prove that they have the right to foreclose on the property, and so the borrower has the right to raise defenses. And so we've been to those court hearings where the person goes to court now, if you think you're going to just say, "Well, I had a hard time, that's not a defense you right. know that's not a that's not a defense now, if you filed bankruptcy they would they would halt the sale until the Correct. bankruptcy's gone through. so there right. are some defenses, but you one of the defenses may be well I wasn't notified of the foreclosure um I wasn't properly given uh you know." They didn't tell me anything. I have received no papers. You know, they just sent me thing, uh, a letter in the mail saying your foreclosure date's coming. So there are procedural things that may be defenses, but your defense is not, well, I just can't make the payment, judge. That's right. The judge is going to say, well, you signed to make the payments. Yeah. So, um, all right. And now also in South Carolina, um, we have, uh, this sounds great, right, a hammer rule. Have you heard of that? I've heard of that. (laughs) You've heard of the hammer rule? Yeah. So in some, okay, so in our state, this is called, we would call it the right of redemption. Um, The redemption is the ability of a borrower to buy back a property that has been foreclosed. So after the foreclosure, um, this right of redemption is allowed in some states. Our state does not have a right of redemption. Once they foreclose on the property, it's done. You can't come back and say, you know, hey, I want to redeem it now.
1: So the hammer rule is when the judge takes his little gavel and hits the counter and says, done. Right. That's the hammer. You know who told me
0: about that? Who told you about Frankie. that? Frankie. Frankie. That sounds about right. Mr. Frankie. Yeah. Mr. Cool. So, yeah. um, and that's right, because once the sale is over, it's over. And it kind of makes sense, though, for our state, because it takes a long time to foreclose.
1: Well, a typical foreclosure is how long? Once from the beginning of missing one payment, to the gavel or the hammer coming down, you're, if everything goes right.
0: I mean, if it went perfectly six For months, the bank. six months, but it's probably more like nine months to a year because you're going to miss two, three, four payments. Then they're going to file. file. Then it's going to take another four five, six months. So it's probably going to be six to nine months.
1: Correct. So if somebody's listening to us and they're having an issue, wouldn't it be beneficial to contact somebody now? Rather, than,
0: rather than wait yeah
1: because you got got some time but every day that goes by costs more too
0: and some folks would say well you know what i'll just file bankruptcy and that that may be an option but you may not want to file bankruptcy i mean you might be able to salvage it without filing bankruptcy Correct. if you get if somebody you get, to get help somebody
1: you. somebody can help you it it might be more beneficial to not declare bankruptcy because that stays with you a long time.
0: Now, if someone files bankruptcy, you're looking at probably adding another year to the foreclosure because the bankruptcy has to be settled in some way. Um, And usually the the, uh, lender will ask for relief from the bankruptcy. And in many times he'll get it, unless you work out something in your bankruptcy that says, I'm going to factor in my house payments with it. There's just so many things. This is why we say contact an attorney and if you're dealing with this, contact our office, 939-8562. You can go to our, our the palmettorealestatepros.com, send in uh, a request there. Um, so there's lots of things to consider, and you need to get some, some expert advice.
1: Yep. And we're we're not the experts to help you with the legal end, but we can help you get to the right people.
0: That's right. So um, one other thing to consider is this deficiency judgments, and we'll – uh, how much? Uh, how much time we got? Okay, we got about a minute. Okay, we can cover this a little bit. So, a deficiency judgment is what happens if the house is sold for less than what is owed. So, there is a deficiency between what the bank has to sell it for. So, let's just say you bought a house for a hundred thousand. You got a loan for a hundred thousand, and the bank had to sell the property for seventy-five thousand.
1: And you still owed eighty-five.
0: Right, and so there is a deficiency there.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Right. So what happens was that, does it just go away? Sure. That, <laughs> what happened? No, they can file a judgment for the shortfall. So
1: you still owe money after they take the house.
0: Isn't that great news? Yeah. Um, and in some cases where we've done short sales and things, where we've worked it out, where we buy it for less than the mortgage balance, um, it's kind of like a deficiency there. And they'll send the, the seller a, a 1099 like they made that money. Mm-hmm. So... Just some things to consider. This is why you need to get good help if you're going through this.
1: And a good, knowledgeable agent that can help you with it. If, if it's not us or someone that's familiar with it, find somebody that and a good attorney.
0: That's right. Hang on. We have a great horror story on the other side of the break. you are back with the palmetto real estate pros
1: what a privilege to be here
0: today that's right so i'm
1: learning so much too
0: uh, well that is great it's great reminders isn't it yes it is and you know what's um, what's amazing at right now which i guess is good news is there's not as many foreclosures as there have been in the past uh, because of the pandemic because uh, maybe the economy but you know that things are always cyclical. There's going to be a time where the banks are going to start saying, "Okay, we." And and right now, and I didn't bring this information, but I, I don't have the numbers with me. But the amount of people who have not paid their payment that are p- behind on their payments for whatever reason, and it could be because they took advantage of the moratoriums that are available that are uh, that are out there. Correct. Um, but there's still a ton of people, and the problem is that you know, these, these were a term, uh, a time limit to how long you didn't have to make your payments. Um, and most people kind of forget that when you don't make your payments, it's not like the payment isn't due. This payments are still accruing interest. And some people forget that if you don't pay 12 months of your payments because you're getting a deal by not paying it, you're going to have to pay that back. They're going to put it at point. the back of the loan somehow, and you're not going to like it. And the... And the thing is the banks
1: really and truly uh, have no choice at some point but to go ahead and proceed with the foreclosure process
0: all right so I was reading some information from one of the largest um, real estate owned and which which is r e o real estate owned uh, and um, there was some uh some of the largest lenders at this conference and they were talking about how many people haven't paid their mortgage and even haven't started paying their mortgage after the moratoriums were up, after their time that, that was allotted to them. And it's it there is a, I don't want to say a wave, I don't want to be dramatic, but there are a lot of people who haven't paid their mortgage and something's going to have to be done about it. The bank yeah. is not going to just not take payments forever.
1: Well, I was talking to one of those folks just a few days ago, Chad, as you know, and they said that they have a, a large backlog coming through South Carolina, and she had asked me if we would be available to do more. And well, I don't know what more is, but I said sure, we'll do some. But I I don't know what more is.
0: Right, we have a that was a contact with a, um, I guess it's like a hedge fund or something that that manages properties and well, things. Well, the banks
1: take it and hand it over to somebody to manage it for right. them and you know.
0: And uh, I, I had a weird email a couple weeks ago, and it was from a. Uh, Uh, an asset manager, which is who gets these things from these banks and uh, third-party servicers and things like this. And he called and said, Hey, can you check on a property for me? And I'm like, for what? For, I mean, to do what with it? And so he sent me, he actually followed it up and sent me a contact number. He wanted me to try to contact a homeowner and said, you know, he thinks they're dead, but can I contact them? (laughs) I was like, well, Well, I'll try. (laughs) Exactly. So so he sent me a number. I said, there is no one answering at this number. So basically, they're trying to find out who's in this house, what's going on with it. No payments have been made. So, in the end, we finally got somebody who was related to the person. And um, the bank is trying to figure out what to do with the property because they have to figure out who owns the property. Um, Has it been transferred? Has the person died? Because all these things can delay their foreclosure. And if they can
1: have to serve somebody paperwork.
0: Right. And if they can get the person who was willed the property, maybe they can avoid going through that process. So these are things you're going to see more and more as we come out of this pandemic. Hopefully, as we come out of it, it seems like we're never going to end it and come out of it in some ways. But at some point, bills have to be paid. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, most people realize that it's just. What do you do with all this this paper that's in default or not being paid on right now?
1: Uh, Well, somebody is. The day of accountability will come.
0: Well, um, so what we're going to do? I'm going to give you a story, your your uh, weekly horror story. Um, So, Uh okay, I I feel it coming. So. This is uh, from, now, it's probably in multiple locations. You can probably find this yourself. I found it in the New York Post. A Long Island man dodges eviction for 23 years.
1: This is a true
0: story. Living in a house he doesn't own. So, a Long Island man with, who had only made one mortgage payment has defied the courts to stay in his house for 23 years for free, according to legal papers. 23 years. Incredible. Does he have
1: a course on how to
0: do this? Uh, he probably could write one. So this gentleman is 52 years old. He's filed four lawsuits, um, claimed bankruptcy seven times to avoid being booted from his 20 or 2081 square foot home. Um, and it gives you the address and all this stuff. He bought this home for 290000 in 1998. So far, it's worked. Two different banks, a real estate company, and a real estate company have owned the three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home since it was foreclosed upon in 2000. But he remains. All right, so not only has the um, the only occupant of the home leveraging the U.S. Bankruptcy Code's automatic stay rules, which that's what that means. So when yeah. you file bankruptcy, you can't, Can you can't bank be kicked out. Yeah, you can't. So. And uh, we had this happen with a tenant mm-hmm. that didn't pay. We were, I think we had filed eviction and they filed bankruptcy and we were thinking, well, let's just a tenant. It doesn't matter. They get to stay. Okay. So which gives debtors temporary reprieve from all collection efforts, harassment and foreclosures. At least three other people listing the home at their, at this address, um, have also filed bankruptcy. So you can see what's happened. So they filed bankruptcy under him, then somebody else who claims it's their house has filed bankruptcy. They can't be kicked out because they have the stay. Then another person does it, and so it's gone on and on and on. These automatic stays, and they claim uh, to have um, the, the courts have eventually dismissed these things, but they just do it again. So it's really a group of people that are more than willing to use the courts, to abuse the court to whatever extent they need to, to extend their illegal occupancy, said this attorney, Jordan Katz, who represents the current property owner. Now, check this out. Diamond Ridge Properties, Who, who's um, – I feel sorry for these folks. They've, <laughs> they've uh, got this – they've got, probably got a deal on it, I'm sure.
1: I wonder how much has been spent on this, Jeff. Uh,
0: well, well, the
1: mortgage companies and the people trying to get the house.
0: All right, so this is the longest one that, that is that we can see on record. Um, so this guy says he's, he's not legally occupying the property. It's an outrage, and it's a good deal. Uh, this guy who had um, initially 7.375 interest rate on the $232,000 adjustable rate mortgage likely saved himself about $440,000 by not paying his bills.
1: Well, that's why he's got a Mercedes sitting out in front of the house.
0: Right. Now, check this out. This uh, gentleman, his name is Haspel. I think we should, we should reveal his name, yeah, right? go ahead. Because it's in the papers. So yeah. We can reveal it. Public dollars. Got the mortgage from Washington Mutual in 1998 and made exactly one payment, $1,600 and 1602 dollars was his one payment before defaulting. One payment. Prompting the bank to begin foreclos- foreclosure proceedings a year later. So that kind of goes to what we're saying. They probably tried to work it out, tried to contact him, send people over there, like, what's going on? Can we help you? Because that's what they do. They do want to help if they can. By May of 2000, Washington Mutual successfully foreclosed on the home, and he was, uh, the in quotations, forever barred from any claim to the property, according to the judgment of foreclosure. So they won. But Hanspel never left. In 2001, he filed bankruptcy. Um, and he went on to file another in 2001, two in 2002, and one in 2003. So, uh, meanwhile, in 2004, he transferred the deed of the home to a friend.
1: <laughs> Isn't this great. This, this is a,
0: this just kind of goes on and on. This is
1: a true story.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, guess what the friend did in 2005?
1: File bankruptcy. File
0: bankruptcy. <laughs> hey, it works, right? So, this is what he's done. So, um, his, his, uh, the court does not like this, but this oh. is the legal system. They're saying the court, basically a judge said, this is frivolous conduct using the court system. Well, he, he is using it to against them in, in essence. So 2008, Washington Mutual had gone under, and I, you guys may remember this after you know the crash, making it one of the largest collapses in American history, and their assets were taken over by J.P. Morgan. The N- new bank was also unable to get them out of the house, has been locked in litigation with him for years, um, and filed at least three lawsuits. He's filed against he's filed three lawsuits against J.P. Morgan. Um, two sides are also on ongoing legal battle in the Brooklyn court. And so, um, Chase uh, in 2018 unloaded the property to Diamond Ridge, which offered Hansbold. Now, get this: this Diamond Ridge, who got those. it, they offered him twenty thousand dollars to leave. So instead of going through litigation, they said, "Hey." We'll give you twenty grand. Just leave. Please. Well, guess what he did? No, he stayed. Why should I leave? <laughs> so Then i have
1: to go somewhere and make pay payments.
0: Right. So guess what he did instead?
1: Filed bankruptcy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he filed bankruptcy 2019 and again in 2020. And so this has just gone on and on. Now check this out. We'll we'll kind of wrap this one up with this, because this is a longer, it's it's even longer. But Diamond Ridge has spent on legal fees, and paid $50,000 in property taxes since purchasing this home. And they still have no known end in sight.
1: And that doesn't count the money the other mortgage companies and people paid as well. So this this is the horror story of today.
0: It is the horror of horror. So um, the pandemic gave this guy another reprieve because New York's housing courts have been Uh, have not been doing evictions since the COVID-19 thing came about. So this is one reason he stayed in there for 20 years, but you can see he knows how to use the legal system. I don't know, maybe he went to a law class or something.
1: This is his retirement
0: home. (laughs) Yes, and he's just staying there. So um, hopefully you won't go to that extent. What you should do is contact someone um, if you're having these problems.
2: grilled cheeseburgers enjoy your sonic so what came first the grilled cheese or the burger
0: so you know the burger had to come first you go back hundred years
2: Oh, cheese has been around hundreds of years, too. What do you get when you combine a grilled cheese with a cheeseburger? The new Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger. Made with 100% pure seasoned beef and Texas toast. Try one half price in the app.
0: Wow, this is a good debate.
2: Online only or in the Sonic app. Add-ons extra, limit one. Not good with other offers. Limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins.
0: Hey, I'm state representative Chris Wooten. And I'm state representative Micah Castle. Join us on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. on The Rep. We'll talk about everything that's happening at the State House and give you an insider's perspective.
1: All from the General Assembly. So join us at 9 a.m. on The Point, 100.7 FM or 1470 a.m. Hi, this is Marcia Klayman. And I'm Karen Pickard. We're your hosts for The Positive Point on Aging. We'll talk about aging
0: gracefully in senior care every Tuesday morning from 8.30 to 9 o'clock a.m.
1: Join us right here on The Point for The Positive Point on Aging.
0: Brought to you by Oakley Village of Lexington.
2: WQXL
1: Columbia W264DF.
0: Grills, outdoor kitchens, fireplaces, summer
2: sizzle starts with BART. This is 107 The Point.